Due to the graphic language of this program, listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, it's your friendly neighborhood, Pinhead198, back for another round. And it's been a while. A couple days, you know, we had the holidays. On this episode, we're going to get pretty much straightforward into it. We are going to do a review. I'm going to try and keep it moderately spoiler-free. I I may say certain things, but we're doing a review of House of Gucci. It's still a relatively new film as of this recording. So I'm going to try and tiptoe through the tulips of spoilers and not fuck it up for those of you who really want to go see this film. Because without giving my full reveal of the verdict because that'll come toward the end. This film is a great film, but it's also a load of dog shit. And we'll get into why. There is some great potential here. The cast is fantastic, excluding one certain individual who we will get into and why he absolutely annoyed the hell out of me. And unlike some of my counterparts, I actually love this guy's acting. I don't like him, but I like his acting. This shit was atrocious and some of you out here saying it's the best work of his career you need to get your heads examined i know we all have our own opinion but when you're saying that that performance that you say and we'll get into it that mr leto and we'll just say it right there jared leto's character did was like the best of his career i would argue i would ask you not argue but i would ask you to go back through his filmography and actually watch his films especially the ones he's been nominated for and the one he did win for this is not his best work, and you need to have your head examined if you're saying that shit. Unless you were trolling, if you truly mean that, you need to have your head examined. I'm sorry. Also, we will discuss and conversate and somewhat review the shot heard around the wrestling world last week. Last Dynamite, the confrontation between MJF and CM Punk, and boy, was it a roasting session. Um, this is almost on the level of Pipe Bomb 2.0, because for a little while in his, it, I'm not going to say that it's been Drek, because it hasn't, but for a while since CM Punk has been here, the promos, beyond what we've discussed in past episodes, the matches he's taken, the promos have been not lackluster, but not up the snuff. This fucking promo was not only up to CM Punk standards, but it might even rival, or at the very least, equal the John Cena CM Punk Raw pipe bomb that blew him up to be a household name. Or at least get in the upper echelons of professional wrestling. It's the only reason why he was allowed to go and get his ass whooped in UFC in the first place. But we'll get into that. And then, uh, I think that'll be enough because my battery will be dead by this point and that'll probably be about 40 minutes and that's more than enough for you guys to have to suffer through. So, let's get right into it. I actually might mention some things I've been watching too as well. Uh, yes, I will, as a sidebar, mention I am doing a full, in the next episode as a matter of fact, that I record I am doing a 100% spoiler-filled review of the entire first season of Chucky, the television series, via USA Sci-Fi Channel. And it has been renewed for season two already. It is coming. So whether you liked this season or not, we are at the very least getting a season two out of it. And you know what? Without spoiling my review that has come, I think it's very well deserved. This was a fucking pleasant surprise, and I was shocked. But we'll get into that in the next episode, because I still have to finish the season finale. I have not watched it yet, but by the time the next episode is recorded, I will have seen all the episodes in full, and I'll be ready to have my opinion. But that's for another day. Today, we are going to talk about Ridley Scott's House of Gucci, this is his second movie of the year. This is double duty for him. And we're going to go on IMDb so I can get the... Because right now, it's it's not working out well as far as 
just putting it on. So we're going to go to IMDb. And we're going to look at the plot synopsis of what House of Gucci, the bare bones plot synopsis of what this movie is supposed to be about. And then we will get in and discuss what was actually executed and what we got in this film. Synopsis. When Patricia Regani, an outsider from humble beginnings, marries into the Gucci family, her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately murder. Pretty much the short and curlies of, that's not a bad synopsis actually, it's good without having to go in detail and really spoiling it for the people that don't see the film, that haven't seen the film, excuse me. Alright, let's get into, let's just get right into it and let's get into the pros, the positives of this film. The cast, the cast is fantastic, including especially... The four standouts, in my humble opinion of this film, the four major standouts who should be nominated at the very least for Golden Globes and Oscars heading into award season. The four standouts are most definitely my girl, and this is not just me being biased as a major fanboy of hers. Lady Gaga, she busted her ass and she put in... A career-making performance. We all talk about how A Star is Born was the breakout role for her. Yes, that is true. However, this is her breakout performance that makes you... Because unlike in A Star is Born, she does not have the crutch of relying on the great entertainer that we all know she is and that she can sing. In this movie, there's none of that shit. You don't have the fucking, what do you call it in golf, the handicap. Now she has to rely solely on her talent as an actress. And boy, does this young lady knock it the fuck out of the park. She stands toe-to-toe with her veterans that are next to her. And of course, we have to, as Mauricio Gucci, we have to give Adam. Adam is killing it this year. He's just killing it, and this movie is no different. Jeremy Irons, as his father, Rodolfo Gucci... And then his uncle, played by Al Pacino, Aldo Gucci, they all four deserve nominations, especially Pacino, because he is, it's like we're having that Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey again, only it's the Pacino sense or whatever, like he's making a late career return to solid, great roles, and this is another one. Al Pacino was fantastic in this film. I, I I thought he just, he really was really good, and so was Jeremy Irons. And I'm talking, and, I, and the reason why I'm singling them out right now is because them being veteran actors, and we all know they're good, but this is just another reason of why they are Oscar-nominated and Golden Globe-nominated performers, because they just knock it out of the fucking park. And on top of that, this is where you get to see some great directing work from Ridley Scott, where you go, okay... This is the Ridley Scott we've been missing. Not this fucking Prometheus Covenant man meets machine bullshit, Scott. Enough with that bullshit. We don't fucking care about your beliefs of what you think. We're going to shut the fuck up. And he finally did. And this is where we see premium prime Ridley Scott directing. And not for nothing, he did have, you know, the great actors right here that just turned in some performances that were quite possibly some of the best of this year. So, we'll say right now, the problem with this film is the first act, the first act to half of the second act. Movie's fantastic. It fires on all cylinders. You're like, oh, oh, here we go. I'm, I'm into this. And you're having a good time, you know. And then the tone changes in the last half of the second act and all the way toward the end because it gets really dark and we really start getting into material that's serious where real people got affected, real people got hurt, and some people even kicked the bucket. So, sorry for that. Um, anyway, 
we get into this territory where it becomes a muddled film because there's a lot of satire in here. And I just wish he would have just made this whole film like a serious dark movie from start to finish because it confuses people who may not be, you know, you don't have to be a film buff to enjoy this movie, but, you know, it makes a bad tone for the modern regular audience because you're like, oh, I'm laughing and I'm having a good time and all these performances are great. And then we get to the last half of the second act all the way up to the third and the final act of the film and you're like okay, what the fuck just happened? That got real dark real fucking quick. And I and I appreciate that's dark because that material needs to be dark. There should be no kiki-keys and laughing it up and he-he-he because we're talking about people that really got hurt, that were really affected, and like I said, murder. Shit ain't no joke, and I know like we like to make a joke out of it here in the state, but it ain't fucking fun and game, so that tone would not work that you get through the first act that you really enjoy. So, this is why I say this movie is really brilliant and it's also a pile of dog shit. And one of the big reasons are, and I'm not going to fully give him all the blame because it's also Ridley's job to wrangle this shit in and he did a fucking terrible job of doing it. You guys out here saying that this is his best performance, I don't get it because Jared Leto, Jared Leto's performance as Paolo Gucci was the worst fucking shit I've seen in a long time not just in this film it was one of the worst performances I've seen in the last five to ten years it was dreck and I'll even go as far as to give him a compliment because like I've said I'm not like a lot of these Leto haters I think he's a fantastic actor this performance that he turned in is beneath his skill it was pathetic like over the top stereotypical Italian bullshit, like, doing the high pitch, I'm here to eat the lasagna and the pasta, and it's me, Mario, it's like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up and do your goddamn job, and you're not doing it, this is pathetic, doing the stereotypical, shitty ass, garbage Italian accent, and stereotypical, it's me, gabagool, mozzarella. Shut the fuck up. You're a bum. When you do shit like that, that's why people think you're an overrated bum. It was terrible. There was a point in the theater, like I was talking to my friend in the break room at work about, where there was a moment where there was a serious scene in the film and we all, in the entire audience of the theater, bursted out fucking in laughter and we weren't supposed to on top of that in said scene you could literally see every actor that he was working with step out of their character and look at him like bitch what the fuck are you doing are you even in the same movie we're in and then they went back into character because it's just so over the top nonsensical garbage it's not good acting it's terrible dan merle made a comment it was funny uh and I, 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 I highly suggest you go look at Dan Merle's review. I'm not like a huge fan of him. I don't hate him. I just, I, I, I highly suggest you watch Dan Merle's review on House of Gucci because it's perfect and his analogy was great. He was talking about how Jared Leto look, literally looks like the improv actor in the improv group that literally keeps looking to the audience to see if everybody's laughing every 15 minutes throughout the entire play. It's insane. And it's fucking amateur hour shit. And anybody saying that this is his best performance of his career, get your head examined. It's, that's insane to say that. To sit there and watch that performance for two hours and almost 40 minutes, and he's in a good chunk of the film. You may not recognize him, but he's in a good heap of the film. Especially when you get toward the serious parts, and he's still doing that over-the-top dumb shit. Plus, he looks goofy as fuck with the prosthetic makeup, so it just makes it even more obnoxious. It was terrible. And it dragged the film down by a good 40%. If this movie was on its way to 100, he dragged it down to 40% of that 100. It was fucking pathetic. Like, for crying out loud, it was... You're such a fucking tool. This is why people don't like you. Because you're such a fucking tool. And you just proved it in this performance. 
he was by far the worst in the entire movie. Even worse than Selma Hayek's character, who they very rarely utilize because she's a fucking medium. She's a glorified medium in this. She's the one that gets Patricia Regani's character, Lady Gaga, into a lot of the trouble that she is in because she influences her into doing stupid shit because of the tarot cards and all the fucking mysticism. And she and Lady Gaga's character believes in it, and that's what leads down to the path to, yes, initially getting together with Mauricio Adams' character, but also leading toward, and I'm not going to ruin it, but... A lot of us know what happened, especially with that most recent documentary that came out a few months ago before this leading to this film and the book. It, 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 that behavior led to the disaster that would come toward the end and what would initially happen with all of them getting in legal trouble. And we'll leave it at that without ruining it for people that don't know the story. But God, Leto was trash. I haven't seen trash like that in a long, long time. Like I said, he should—he knows better than that. I don't care if you liked him and hated, liked or hated his, his Joker character. His Joker, his performance as the Joker is not indicative of his of his entire career. Quite frankly, his his Joker performance is an indicative of what he did in here because he literally played an Italian Joker, a fat, ugly receding hairline version of the, an Italian Joker. I'm not kidding. You can go see the movie for yourselves. And rather, even if you do enjoy the performance, you cannot argue with me that that's not over-the-top Joker-esque bullshit. I was just waiting for him to go, uh, I don't want no beef. I don't want no beef. Like, shut the fuck up. I don't want no beef. Like, I'm so tired of this overacting bullshit. Especially from talents that know better than to do that shit. You're not Daniel Day-Lewis, so stop trying to be like him. I'm going into method acting. <laughs> yeah, you're a method acting obnoxious asshole when you do shit like that. So but That's my spiel on that as far as major negatives. And of course, the second act, like the tone changes like that and you're like, oh... Okay, I understand why you changed the tone because we can't make kiki keys and laughs once again. Talking about what Dan Merle said, he made a perfect analogy once again. That's why I say please go see his review because his review is going to be better than mine. It's far more articulate. It's far more on point. It's far more constructed. But he had a point about, and I will rebut a little bit of what he said, not the the ideals because the ideals are 100% correct he he was making a comment about I understand why the tone was changed because you can't make this shit funny and laughable and satire like you did with the first half of the movie because that's inappropriate he made the comparison was like that would be like having the producers the movie the producers and having all that satire and laughter and then toward the last act of the film actually showing the invasion of Poland you can't make a joke out of like Real people got killed, real people got hurt. Then that, that's, a, that's a complete tone change. However, I would argue to fix that, and this is for everybody, not just Dan, you make the tone dark throughout the entire film. I know you wouldn't have had all the funny jokes and the, and the great performance from It's a Me, Mr. Leto, Mario. I could have sacrificed that to make a serious, and I'm telling you, we would have got even better performances from all these guys, probably even Leto included, if it was just a straightforward, serious fucking movie from start to finish like his last movie, The Last Duel, was. Instead of this tone being all over the fucking place. Yes, it was entertaining, I'm not gonna lie. But it brings the movie down tremendously when you take that tone and then turn it on its head like that at the drop of a hat. It's, 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 it's bad movie making, I'm sorry. You don't have to be in the industry to know that's terrible filmmaking. And it's the type of filmmaking we've gotten from Ridley in all <laughs> recently over and over and over again. And it's getting it's getting real old. So. But overall, I didn't hate the film. I thought this was one of his better films in the, in the last couple of years. I mean, sure as hell ain't Alien Covenant. And I'm an apologist of that film. I actually, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, but I know it's still a flawed, terrible film. 
So, no, House of Gucci is no alien covenant or the counselor, which is, oh, God. It's like throwing up in your mouth watching that fucking movie. This movie is far higher caliber than that, but it's still not up to snuff of what he is capable of, like Gladiator or, hell, even more recently, The Martian. So, if I were gun to head, I have to give this movie a 7 out of 10. It's not terrible, but it's not great. The performances save it, excluding Mr. Leto's over-the-top family circus Ringling Brothers bullshit. But it is the performance, like I said, Pertino, Driver, God, if you don't at least give him a nomination, you're fucking insane. And if you give Jared Leto a Golden Globe nomination, an Oscar nomination, and even furthermore, you give him the win for it, this will further prove how much I hate award show popularity television like this shit. Because this will confirm that there is no more integrity left in the industry. There's no more integrity left in these fucking award shows like there were back in the day. And now it's just a glorified popularity contest. Because you cannot tell me as an Academy voter. And watch that movie and tell me that it was the best performance of the fucking year from a man. It wasn't even the best performance of the year if you're just comparing men and women. It was Drek. And if he wins, let alone gets nominated, you're out of your fucking tree. And that's my rant on that. It's a 7, I'll, I'll even bump it up, it's a 7.5 out of 10 and that's where I'll leave it. It's a passing grade, but we still need more out of Ridley, he's better than this. I, I, I truly still believe that he has one last good one left in him before it's time for him to hang up the fucking director's hat. So, and this wasn't it. It was close, damn close, but it wasn't it. On top of the fact that he embellished a lot of bullshit that did not happen in the actual case, the actual incident. He made up some shit that's like, really, we're doing this Prometheus shit again, huh? You're just making shit up as you go along. It's not, you cannot do that in a true story film. You just cannot. You can embellish some parts, but the overall major story arc of what ends up happening, you cannot embellish that without being looked at as a complete hack and a fool. And he was almost on his way. If they had if they had made this film 10 minutes longer, he would have fucking jumped off the cliff, I promise you. He would have driven off the fucking bridge just like his brother did and killed himself. So That's that, you know. <laughs> we'll leave it at that after that. <laughs> Jesus. So 7.5 out of 10. I still recommend going to see it because the performances alone are worth the ticket admission, so I recommend going to see it. But if not, hey, wait until it comes out on VOD and check it out for sure. So, no, this is not streaming anywhere. It's exclusive to the theater because this is one of Ridley. This is a production of Ridley and someone else. So, you're not gonna get it on Disney Plus. You're not gonna get it on HBO Max or Showtime or Hulu. No, you're gonna have to wait until it comes on rental and buy for VOD and Blu-ray, or go see the fucking movie in the theater. That's that. Before we get into too far of length and ranting, let's get into the next topic. And this is the one I'm really excited about because this, like I said, this was the shot heard around the wrestling world. And we'll hear a couple of quips from, I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's 18 fucking minutes long. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and subject you guys to that. You want to see it, you can go look up on AEW's YouTube channel and they have it in full. But we will go through a little bit of this promo and see just the gold nature. Now MJF wasn't bad, but he almost looked amateur compared to what Punk, how Punk fucking flamed his ass. So we're in the middle of the ring, and it's starting now. Of course, MJF starts off the promo, because... So let's listen to some of it, because it's great, man. Ooh, now that one's good. Not bad, little man, not bad. Everybody loves the pipe bomb, right, Chicago? Yeah, my God, so good. 
And I will say, maybe this isn't even Pipe Bomb 2.0. This might actually be some legitimate, like, a dirty bomb. The fucking C4 dirty bomb this time around. Because this kid gets, and as Punk says later on in the promo, this kid gets fucking schooled on how to do this the right way. what you would call a great promo, and I think it's fair to say Punky. Punky. <laughs> That's stupid, idiot. Maybe. Let's not go too far now. Because unlike you, I'm not a one-trick pony. And don't get it twisted. Kind of are, but, you know. Everything you've done. Hell, I even respect the fact that you're... Especially considering you still have yet to win a major championship either. Never in my wildest dreams could I have possibly imagined a straight-edge man could look so much like a meth addict. Not bad. Even he was like, okay, not bad, but let's step it up a little bit, boy. I love the responses. I just love the looks on CM Punk's faces as he's ingesting this and getting ready to... He does two shots. First, he shoots MJF in the leg just to wound him a little bit. Then, still, MJF wants to keep talking as we'll see him. We'll go further down. And then CM Punk ends it and just puts the fucking bullet in his head. The verbal bullet, by the way. Let's come on. I need to down eight shots of whiskey just to look myself in the mirror. But you know what I can respect, CM, is how you handle our little situation here. And you can pretend there isn't one, but ah, there is. There is. You know, you would do all your quaint little interviews, and they would ask you who are some opponents you would like to go up against, and you would name every single wrestler underneath the sun. And that's where the inciting incident begins, and we'll skip it. I, like I said, I, I'm not going to play this whole damn thing. So we're going to skip ahead, and even and Punk shakes his head. Yep, I didn't mention you. And we're going to get into the reasons why, and that's what makes this promo burn. You know, you might want to get some aloe vera there, uh, Mr. John Maxwell, because this leads into why you get flamed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who can blame you, so let's skip. You didn't want to go toe to toe with me on the stick, punk? Well, too bad. Because I'm about to verbally finish you quicker than your UFC career. Now, that one was pretty good. I'll give him credit to that one. That one was good. Because it was a shit career, and he even knows it. Even Punk knows it, and, and I think he addresses it, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, And that's why I say you're just adding gasoline to this bonfire, my friend. Bud, as you like to say. I love seeing Punk's expression. He's so fucking bored. He's like, give me the give me the mic. Now we listen to Punk. Like, give me the fucking mic. I've had enough. This guy talks too fucking much. <laughs> and he really does. Like that's that's his that's his hill persona of being overly confident, overly arrogant, and talking like the run DMC song once said, you talk too much. And that'll be addressed as well. Now let me stop talking too fucking much and we can continue. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> but let's not start there. Let's show our guest a little bit of Chicago hospitality. I want to thank you first and foremost for last week. You introduced yourself. And by the way, before we get even further into this, don't even try coming at me, Tony Khan. This is fucking fair use. I know how rotten you can be on every fucking platform. So go fuck yourself. This is fair use. We're reviewing and commentating. Suck my dick, Khan. To me, that's what a proper young man is supposed to do to their elders. 
And I had no idea your first name was Maxwell this entire time. I thought MJF stood for my jealous fan. That one wasn't great, but it was far better than Chris Jericho's My Jerk Off friend or whatever the fuck it was. So that's how you do it, Jericho, just so you know. Because he is a jealous fan, and we're going to get into it. And he, and he didn't like that either. <laughs> See, I got the time. Yeah, I got the time today, cuz. <laughs> Seems like it still kind of does, doesn't it? If you're so hung up on the fact that I never mentioned you anytime I did press, anytime I ever did an interview, I never brought your name up. Well, that was by design. The last thing I wanted to do is feed your rotten little ego. <laughs> Look at me, Maxwell. I'm in your head. Probably has a lot to do with the fact that there's a poster of me on your wall. <laughs> Doesn't change the fact that I'm disappointed because I've always heard about the great MJF. And then last week, I did what nobody else in this industry, nobody else in AEW has been able to do. I shut up the great MJF without saying a word. Ooh, and that's true, dude. Boy, and it's pissing him off. <laughs> and this is some great character work here. Regardless of if these guys love each other backstage or hate each other, this is how you sell a rivalry. This is how you build a professional wrestling. Not a sports entertainment, but a professional wrestling rivalry. This is where you allow the talking in wrestling to happen so we can build this up so they'll kick the shit out of each other at the next pay-per-view. WWE, you listening out there? I know you're not, but if you are, take fucking notes. You're behind the game, and you shouldn't be. You should be schooling these kids, not the other way around. Fuck. And you had seven days. You had a whole week to think of good singers, and you came out here with the lowest hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's somebody. He thinks what he does is revolutionary to the wrestling business when in reality, this one, he's just a less famous Miz. Ooh, and that one was good. Ooh, boy. Oh, man. That one was a nice left hook to the body. Verbally. Uh, man. Because you are. You're a less famous version of the Miz. And he has a hot wife, so you're even further behind. A very hot wife, especially considering she's had some kids, so, see, that was a, <laughs> he missed him off, now, this second half of MJF's promo, in my opinion, is absolutely a train wreck, there's some good points, there's some good zingers, but this is the reason why CM Punk, on his second half of this promo, and we'll get into it, was able to open through the door and kick his fucking teeth down his throat verbally and flame him. MJF, by the time this is done, you might as well be one of the old school Kenny Rogers roasters because you were roasted like a fucking chicken by the time Punk was done with you. Punky, that was really solid. I mean, really creative stuff. You know, it was almost what I wanted. So we're not going to go into the whole thing because this is a bad promo part. Like... It's really not that good. And now we're getting a commercial like always. This is fucking YouTube. Can't go without giving a commercial every two minutes. We might as well be watching fucking television again. Okay, so that's fine. And that's good. He's no more than nostalgia. He calls him PG Punk. And I'm sorry, like I said, I'm, I'm skipping this because we want to get to CM Punk's part. The real roast, you know, the Kenny Rogers roaster rotisserie. But not only that, I want you guys to go and seek this out on AEW's YouTube channel yourself. On top of the fact we don't have all day to do this. Because like I said, this is 18 minutes, 18 minutes and 19 seconds long. We're not doing that. But I'll give you the short and curlies if you don't go. He's calling him PG Punk, talking about this and that, nostalgia, what have you, you know, he even throws a Janet Jackson reference out there, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? Okay, so great. Not bad, but not even as close to as good as what he did in the beginning. So let's go. Microphone, nobody can touch you. You are the best. 
And he just said, you know, when you were on the microphone, nobody could touch you. You were the best. He's still the best, and you're about to be schooled in that. Sorry I keep doing it, but we need to we need to put context because I am skipping MJF's part into why he's about to get his ass verbally kicked. So here we go. And that point, I will give MJF not to interrupt once again, but that point is a good burn by by MJF, even though it doesn't seem like it, because it's kind of true. And I'm a diehard CM Punk fangirl, fanboy, fangirl too, because I do fan. I go ah, sometimes when I see him, I can't help it. Just like when I see Lady Gaga. But what he just said is completely relevant because it is kind of true. It's very true. So. But like I said, he's just adding gasoline onto the bonfire about to get his ass toasted roasted. Black charred on the skin. Like, you're going to find out real soon. Oh, my God. And this is, this is so cringe right here. I'm sorry to interrupt one more time, but he just went up to CM Punk and backed away like he smelt something bad. And we're going to see. This is so fucking cringe. This is it's so cool. probably because you've been kissing so much ass recently. That's so cringe. And this next part is cringe too. We're gonna skip it because he does. In an ins- you can see it. We see insert city. Like it's so cringe. Now that one's not bad. So. And that's where we get PG Punk, so. And this is good to Punk's point as he goes into his second half of his promo where he puts MJF verbally in the fucking promo coffin. Where we get why he says he talks too much. Because this went on for five fucking minutes. That's why it's a little cringe. And that's why it's fucking 18 minutes long, too. From bell to bell. Now that one was good. I'll give you that one because you give it. You hit him with the guy you don't really. <laughs> you can see it agitated him a little bit. And the next one's good too when he talks about the you know hunter shit. So if I didn't miss it, skip it. So there are a couple of zingers in there that are good that he does, but there's a lot of cringe in there too. Except here's the problem, PG. I can see you. That was cringe too, especially when you watch the video, and that's another reason why I say go on the AEW website. He does the Cena. Fuck, it's cringe. It's like a man. It's like a father doing or a mother, a father or a mother doing peekaboo to their fucking kid. It's infantile. I understand when parents do that to their kids because, you know, the kid likes it. You're two grown-ass fucking men in the ring. It's fucking cringe. Hell, I can see through you, buddy. You claimed you'd only come <coughs> back for the younger town, and yet you also claimed you'd only come back for a boatload of money. Well, I mean, he's a businessman. You claimed you couldn't fix professional wrestling from your couch in Chicago, and yet you stayed put on that couch... For seven long years. Well, that's not completely true. He got his ass kicked for, you know, two or three of them in the UFC. You made it up. So it wasn't that he sat on his ass on the couch for seven years. He took a break getting his ass beat in the UFC. But like I said, he's a businessman. At least he actually went and tried it and he got paid a fucking shit ton. That's why Dana White is so pissed off. Because CM Punk was had to be given a shit ton of money to come to the UFC just to get his ass beat. Strike that. Just to get his ass obliterated by two bums who weren't even in the fucking top 20 of the UFC at that time, let alone the top five. You got your ass kicked by two bums, but that's why Dana White's so pissed off and he and he went on record and said, never again will I do this social experiment. 
because they took a bath in the second event. The first event where Mickey Gall took on, if I'm not mistaken, that's who he fought. When he fought Mickey Gall, he, Dana White can't complain regardless of the results of the match because that shit made his tickets go out the booth because everybody wanted to see either whether they wanted to see Punk get his ass beat or they wanted to see him triumph. Everybody went to that fight. On top of the fact that the other main event card was fantastic, if I'm not mistaken, because I ordered that pay-per-view even, and I've never ordered a UFC pay-per-view. Not at 80 bucks a fucking pop. For lackluster, middle-of-the-fucking-road MMA matches. For the exception of a few. I mean, look at the last Conor McGregor fight, which you paid 80, 85 bucks for. That was a fucking joke, and it wasn't worth the money. I digress, so let's finish this and end this episode. Sorry, guys. But that's the reason why it happened, and that's why I say he's a businessman, because he did it for the bag just as much as he was trying to prove something to himself. Let's finish this out. <clears throat> and get to Punk's part, because this is where we're going to get the rotisserie chicken. He might have made movies nobody saw, but I'm not too sure if he made comic books nobody read. I'm sure they read them, you just don't know that CM Punk actually wrote them. You were terrified. Drew them. Scared you couldn't hang anymore. Maybe scared you never could hang in the first place. And furthermore, not to interrupt one more time, but not for nothing, the comic industry, the comic book industry, not the movie comic... The comic book industry ain't exactly booming right now. It wasn't booming when he was doing it. It's not booming now. When manga is kicking DC and Marvel's ass in the comic book fucking genre. Yeah. Not so good. And I like that that happened. This will be my final interruption until we get to bunk. I'm sorry, but he just proved that he's a less fucking... Famous version of the men by Miz, a less famous version of the Miz, excuse me, by doing that because he literally just stole a version of what the Miz does. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes side. He just did that. So you just proved Funk's point by doing that shit. Good job, MJF. Great self awareness. <sighs> Jesus. Okay, let's, and that's why I'm saying this. Most of this promo is him going on and on and on. We gotta skip this. And now, yeah, great. And now here you are. You have all the opportunity to prove these people right, but can you? One guy even said, "Shut the fuck up already." <laughs> I love it. If you listen, so if you go and see this on AEW's uh, YouTube channel, if you listen carefully, you can hear the guy go, "Shut the." I love it. I love Chicago people. Great fans. Them in Boston, some of the best wrestling fans in the world. Because <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Alright, let's move on. Yeah, we get it. Let's let's get to the end. Alright, so let's do this because it is relevant to what I was saying about the Triple H shit, and I'll shut up. So sorry. I just get so passionate about how great this shit is when it gets great. So let's give him one more bar, and then... So let's give him one more bar backwards, and then he'll finally wrap this shit up so CM Punk can destroy his little career. Or the king of kings. 
careful. Be careful. At least you went off with your heel catchphrase after that long, long, long ass diatribe. God. Some of it was great and some of it was just like, shut the fuck up and let's move on already. And here comes another ad before. Sorry, guys, right before we get into fucking CM Punk's absolutely amazing rebuttal. Hey, at least we got a appropriate commercial for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So, here, there you go. Here we go. Now, and this will be my last interruption. I swear, I promise, we are going to let CM Punk finish this kid off. I'm not going to interrupt anymore. I'm going to let you hear the beauty and the artwork of cutting a true professional wrestling. Great. Not mediocre. Not okay. Not good. A great promo. This is what made CM Punk famous in the first place. So let's do it. Finally. He shut the fuck up. And now I'll shut the fuck up. There's some truth in what you just said. A little bit. Scared. Coming back after seven years, a little bit. See, I'm not going to lie. Not even to you. I certainly never lie to these people. I didn't know if these people would remember me. I didn't know... If these people would care, I didn't know if I still had it, but trust me, I'm not scared any longer. Certainly not scared of you, because the timing might not match up, but I was selling out Madison Square Garden when you were marking out for Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> show you did a song and dance you made the new york times wow <laughs> you want to sing me a song right now maxwell don't worry you're standing in the ring with a professional and you're going to make the new york times again but this time it's going to be the obituaries ooh, ooh, boy get him Get him, boy. Get him. Talk too much. Yeah, just like me back in the day, except I always backed it up, and you can't back up shit without your backup. Woo, get him, punk. <laughs> Sean Spears, Wardlow. That's how you get things done around here, and I never mention you in interviews because I never had to. I looked at AEW, and I said, wow, that's the place I want to be. That's the place I want to test myself, and I went for the heart and soul of AEW, Darby Allen. And boy, that just chews you up, doesn't it? And I beat Darby Allen, and I didn't need a ring to do it. You're too busy talking about how you're the most powerful of the four pillars. You don't even realize you've been replaced by Britt Baker. Oh, ha <laughs> ha, that's true. God. Shout out to our girl, DM. Shout out to Britt Baker, man. Fantastic. Not even call her a woman, well, just a wrestler. I think you talk too much and we've wasted these people's time. Sure as hell have. Thank you, punk. At least you acknowledge it. They call Chicago the second city, not because there's a city that's better than it, not because there's a city that was first, and you want to call me number two? I'll proudly wear number two with a bullet, because just like Chicago... They call us the second city because when it burned to the ground, we just built right back up on top of the smoldering embers. Woo, boy, and you gave him a little history lesson, too. <laughs> and who's the man around here? Who's number one? Is it you? No, I don't think so. The only way you're going to be number one is if we all wait around long enough for Tony to have a daughter that you marry. Oh, and that was a rebuttal to the Triple H ship, too, so get him, punk, get him. <laughs> I love it. 
The only thing I can think that's a better welcome back gift than that is punching you and your little needle dick right here, right now. <laughs> I love Punk, man. And this where it ends. MJF tries to pretend that he's, and he'll roll out of the ring because he's bitch made. And that's where we end it because, like I said, if you want to see the full, just glorious, it, even with some of the cringe that MJ, like the interaction between the both of them is just, this is how you build a rivalry. This is how you set up for a pay-per-view match between two people that hate each other. Like I said, WWE, you need to take notes, and it's fucking sad that you have to because, as I stated earlier, it should be the other way around. You should be schooling these kids, not them schooling you. And it makes it even further testament to why all of professional wrestling is in such a dire strait right now. It's in the fucking doldrums. And it's all but dead. So, that's that. We'll wrap that up for this episode. For those of you that are still here, I am appreciative of you. Um, I know we call this a sci-fi horror, you know, podcast, but, you know, I've, I've watched the numbers and you guys like talking about the reviews and especially the professional wrestling, so we're going to keep giving you what you like. So that's why we did this here today. Next episode, we're going straight back into the horror because, like I said, we are doing a 100% spoiler. I, I won't say 100% spoiler f- filled but we're gonna get in some meat and potatoes of the new chucky series i will discuss my absolute hatred for the new resident evil film yes i did see it and yes it is worse than all of us thought and we'll talk about grand theft auto and my more recent experiences with Grand Theft Auto. I know they fixed 133 bugs. Which you should have already had done. You fucking fuckwits. But that's a discussion for another day. Until then. Love you guys. Keep keeping. Keep, excuse me. I can't talk now. Keep kicking people's asses out there. And uh, let's get it. Peace.